0: Welcome to the She Recovers Podcast. I'm Taryn Strong, co-founder with my mother Dawn Nickel of She Recovers. She Recovers believes that we are all recovering from something. And here on She Recovers Podcast, we examine the healing power of connection and intentional living, as well as what happens in our lives when we put down our past stories and pick up our soul's true purpose. On today's episode, She Recovers podcast producer and blog manager, Erin Wickersham, shares her latest writing piece called Monica Lewinsky, The Dixie Chicks, Alanis, and Me. You can find more of Erin's amazing work on our She Recovers blog and also on her website, ErinWickersham.com. While you're there on her website, make sure that you also sign up for her monthly newsletter, Stories or Medicine. Her content is so beautiful and so brilliant, and you definitely want to get that gem in your inbox once a month. Enjoy.
1: I graduated from college in May 1995 and immediately departed the East Coast for Wyoming, where I had lined up a job cleaning cabins at a dude ranch. I had earned two degrees but had no idea what I wanted to do in the world or what I wanted to say to the world. The next month, Alanis Morissette released Jagged Little Pill, and later that year, Natalie Maines joined the Dixie Chicks. Alana's and the Chicks, now they had something to say. In November of that year, Monica Lewinsky had her first sexual encounter in the Oval Office with President Clinton. It wasn't really sex, though. Like all good girls, she knew the difference between intercourse and blowjobs. In Wyoming, I was following those same rules. I wish I could say I screwed around with a wrangler or a cowboy, but no, he was the guy that ran the kid program. 22 years later, details about him are fuzzy, but some things I remember quite clearly. He was from Texas, and all the pleasure was his. We were, after all, just fooling around, as Monica would later describe it. Alanis Morissette understood these things, and she sang, Because the joke that you laid in the bed, that was me. And I'm not going to fade as soon as you close your eyes. And you know it. In 2003, nine days before the American invasion of Iraq, Natalie Maines told a London audience, We don't want this war, this violence. And we're ashamed that the President of the United States is from Texas. And with that one declaration, the Dixie Chicks were silenced. Their platforms snatched away as punishment for voicing their own thoughts. Six months later, my husband left me and our four-day-old son to fight that war. We had talked about him getting out of the military. I wish I could say I wanted him out because I did not want that war, that violence. But no, I simply did not want to parent alone. In the end, though, his father, a Vietnam War veteran, convinced him to stay in. My need for a partner was dismissed in deference to national absolutism and an utter lack of imagination. It was... An executive decision, as his father would later describe it. Around this time, Monica was in New York City selling handbags. I ask myself now, why handbags? Who knows? Maybe she was trying to find a container, a place to put her story, something pretty to hold all the disparate pieces. That year, I chose a wine glass to be my container. Alana's understood these things too, and she sang. What part of our history is reinvented and under rug swept? What part of your memory is selective and tends to forget? What with this distance, it seems so obvious. By 2008, Monica could not find work in America. So she moved to London to study social psychology. The chicks could not find a tour sponsor. So they moved home to Texas. The military moves came fast during that time. So I was nowhere near home, studying parenting books with subtitles such as Parenting Easily Frustrated, Chronically Inflexible Children. My son started his seventh preschool in 2008. Seventh. That number I remember, but other numbers and details from that time elude me. There were too many moves, too many separations to count. And there was no space to see the damage that the disconnect from one another, from myself, was causing. For all those years, I sang along with Alanis and had no idea what she was saying. I mourned the chicks and did not see how their manufactured silence perfectly aligned with my own. I judged Monica and did not recognize her as my sister. And while I felt alone in my story of disconnect, I do not think I was alone in my ignorance, mourning, and judgment. We women are like fish swimming in water we don't even know exists, Pushed and pulled by currents, not all of our own making. Unable to see the overlap and similarity in our stories, the silence and shame keep us separate and alone. Part of remembering yourself is recognizing what is yours to deal with and what is not. It is looking at the totality of our experiences and teasing out behaviors from causes. Yes, we need to own our own shit, but not all of this shit is ours to own. It took seven more years for these connections to come into my awareness. My mind, my conscious knowing registered nothing, but my bones did. My soul did. Seven years passed and slowly, so fucking slowly, the connections became clear to me, the separation lifted, and the remembering took hold. In 2015, Monica gave her now famous TED talk on The Price of Shame, and the Chicks announced their first headline tour in 10 years. Alanis released a collector's edition of Jagged Little Pill in celebration of its 20th anniversary. And in August of that year, I finally put down my old story of shame and silence and began celebrating the release of me. Finally, I have begun to see what I want to do in the world, what I want to say to the world. I am joining Monica in taking back my narrative and the chicks and taking back my voice. And I join Alanis in a complete surrender to an unrelenting faith that, while I haven't got it all figured out just yet, I know everything is just fine, fine, fine.